Hello and welcome to Command Point once again. Today, I am here with a guest, with a special guest, to talk about uh, the newest, uh, you know, cool uh, faction on the block, even though it's not really a new faction at all. Uh, I'm here with Micromancer, and today we're going to be talking about Hunter Clade, who just got a big buff. Micro, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm, I'm very curious about these... Uh, these these robots that are these robot android people that are running around yeah and <laughs> they've always been secretly cool they're uh... <laughs> yeah. um so for starters you've been playing Wormblade for a little bit but you were right. playing hunter clade uh like when they came out and a little bit after that so i guess before we talk about the buffs uh i was always saying in in the tier lists and in, in, in the videos and stuff that i didn't think that hunter clade was as bad as people made him out to be they certainly weren't uh, the strongest bespoke team, but uh, how how did you feel they stacked up before all these big changes that just came out? Yeah, I think um, before these buffs, they were in a better spot than most people give them credit for. Um, I think they had maybe a higher skill floor because um, the team could fall apart really quickly. But played at a high level, I think. They only really struggled against maybe Vetguard and Pathfinders. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from that, I think they had good matchups, or at least at least doable matchups into every other team out there. Yeah, it seemed like the shooty hordes were kind of giving them trouble. But outside of that, I mean, they had a great matchup into Commandos, right? I've heard people say. Right. Uh, uh, they had a great matchup into Troop. Okay. Um, and good matchups into... Warp Coven, which was one of the other big baddies at the time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I guess uh, like we can go over the changes really quick. I mean, um, mm-hmm. we've pretty much everybody knows what they are at this point. So we uh, here's what we'll do. Uh, we're gonna go over. I'm, I'm gonna touch each one of the the new changes, and you're mm-hmm. gonna tell me how how important the change is. Okay. So we'll go one sure. at a time. Uh, how about Let's start with the first one, the easiest like one to, to wrap your head around. Uh, they get one extra operative, which actually is and it's going to end up being a Sicarian, and I'm sure you can explain that to us. But yeah, 11th operative. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest change, and it's it's pretty massive. Like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of activations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're the strongest. Extra activations are pretty much one of the strongest tools in the game. Um, even just having an extra body and like, even if it had just been an extra Skatari, that would have been massive on its own. Um, being able to take an extra Sicarian is, is pretty great. It really catapults the team up into a spot where it can be competitive with anyone out there. Right. I mean, it's funny. I mean, you probably think about this too, but like as a Wormblade player, Wormblade's like a horde and now like Hunterclade has more activations than Wormblade. Yeah. Like, um... The only teams that out-activate us um, as Hunter Clay now are um, Vetguard, Pathfinders, and Trader Guard, I think. Yeah, unless you go in a compendium, um, there's a couple. Right. And um, we're tied with, like, Turn 1 Wormblade. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah. I just, like, had a great tournament run off of abusing that extra Turn 1 activation on Wormblade. Oh, me too, man. <laughs> um, it's necessary. Yeah. Having, having 11 activations every turn is... Um, it's really strong. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So I guess let's move on to the next easiest one mm-hmm. to wrap your head around, and that would be they get a third gunner, 
which uh, is the, basically means they can take the arquebus now, whereas before you really weren't, or were you? I mean, talk to us about the arquebus. Um, I had, I've always had it on my roster. Um, it's been a situational piece for me um, into like certain elite teams or um, if there was a spot on a map where you could just kind of park it and then abuse um, obscurity with its gigantic base and omnispecs to ignore it for yourself. Um, so it's always been a situational tool before. Um, I think it might still be a situational tool even after this upgrade. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's an auto-take. Um, it, it's always going to have mobility problems, and it's just not going to be as useful as the other gunners. Mm -hmm. um, on top of that, I think your, your back line as Hunter Clade is often a little crowded between your two gunners. Um, you usually have your surveyor back there trying to pass like your plasma gun APL. Um, you'll have your dictate back there for a while. Um, to give you the ignore, or sorry, the surveyor back there to yes. omnispec your gunners. Um, and so you just start to run out of hiding places and like the shots that are going to be available. Um, there's only going to be so many shots a turn um, that you're going to be able to get from your back line. Mm -hmm. So I think there's maybe limited use here. I think if you are including the Arcubus, consider taking maybe the arc rifle as a vanguard instead of a ranger. Okay. Um, with pursuers, you can still flip two rangers over to, um, to from conceal to uh, engaged. Um, and so those two rangers could be your plasma gun and your arcubus, and you can still flip your third any model over um, which could be your arc rifle. Um, but if he's a vanguard, that just lets him move out on the board easier, grab objectives, and leave the back line to the other gunners. Really interesting. I, so my, my opinion on it, when I first saw the, uh, the, the fact that you could take that arquebus now, and let me know how, how this sounds, uh, for, because you're talking about the back line getting crowded. Uh, right. It seems like, and tell me if you agree, it would be easier to take that model and like the triple gunner setup on like a loot and salvage or a seize ground with the wider backline deployment zones rather than like a domination or like one of the corner objectives maybe yeah i'd agree it also depends on the maps like there's a mm -hmm. wide variety of board setups out there going from like a lot of terrain to very little <laughs> yeah so if you have a lot of heavy terrain to work with and like a wide deployment it becomes a lot easier to do something like that. Whereas sure. if you're stuck with just one piece of heavy in your deployment area or something like that, um, you're going to find it a little tough. Yeah. And I mean, there's some missions, I guess, map setups where that uh, that Arquebus base <laughs> can get some weird obscurity shenanigans going on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so I guess, yeah. It's a big boy. <laughs> oh, definitely. He's massive. Right. Uh, and now, okay, let's move on to the next change. So the less the less obvious things. Um, mm -hmm. So for starters, the uh, being able to change your uh, Doctrina imperative. Um, I can't believe I got that on the first try. Uh, uh, being able to change it every turn now instead of twice a game or once a game from the initial one. Mm -hmm. So how big of a deal is that? Um, 
I think it's a bigger deal than the gunner change. Not as big as extra activation. Mm. <laughs> it's obviously very nice. Like some of the deprecations were pretty harsh. Um, even on the useful doctrines, like um, I I used aggressor a lot pre-buff um, in conjunction with rust stalkers, but it, it the deprecation works like the rust stalkers have the buff where if they're in cover they get two auto retains. Um, aggressor's deprecation is you can't auto retain. <laughs> yes. Um, so just to be clear, was, the uh, the aggressor one. That's the uh, you get to reroll a hit in melee. Um, assert, no, that's uh, conqueror. Aggressor oh, is the, the fast plus, one, move, plus fast. one move characteristic. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it lets you get the charges extra far. It lets you get shots that you might not normally be able to get otherwise. Yes. Um, but it it came at a steep cost in the past. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I guess that segues into the other thing. Uh, the on the first turn that you use the imperatives, uh, mm-hmm. you do not get the deprecation. So, where where do we where do we rank that in terms of how big the changes are here? It's pretty good. It it opens up a lot more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, often beforehand, you were like kind of on a clock with what you needed to do with each imperative because you had to switch it. And well, you usually had to switch it due to your secondaries, right? And, um you couldn't go back to it afterwards. So there were like certain things you needed to get done while each one was active. Um, being able to just decide, it's like, hey, I don't need, I, I, I can come back to this one later and like round that out. Um, yeah. Gives you a lot of freedom. Also, um, before it was just such a big commitment to change because you were committing to changing for the rest of the game at that point. Um, yeah. So it, it had to be kind of more of a plan that you had going into the game. It's like, I'm doing this turn one and then this turn two onwards. Um, where it didn't really leave much room for looking at how the board developed and being like, okay, this is what I need now. <laughs> yeah. And I so, mean, it, you kind mm-hmm. of mentioned the tech op, but uh, the calculated eradication, I think, gets a really yeah, good stuff from, from, mm-hmm. from some of these changes. Yeah, it was already a good tack op. Um, I, I was taking it almost every game um, before the change. After the change, it's it's just yeah, easily, a shoe in, I think. Easily their best, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then there's there's a fifth change that's not really a Hunter Clade change, but I want to hear your thoughts on it because I think it impacts Hunter Clade. And that's the mm-hmm. grenade thing, where everybody has less grenades. So yeah. uh, obviously Hunter Clade is one of the teams that does not have grenades. So uh, naturally, they're going to like seeing less grenades on the board, but uh, how big of a deal is it for Hunter Glade, in your opinion? Um, it it kind of compounds on top of these other changes. Mm-hmm. Um, they interact in f- interesting ways, um, but it, it, it's a pretty big deal. Like The teams that were giving us a lot of trouble, um, like Vetguard, um, Novitiates was always a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. It was really the crack grenades in those matchups that were making it tough. Um, so being able to worry less about those is really good. And then also before those grenades were often, they were being timed to hit you on the turn that you had aggressor up, um, and you weren't getting your auto retains. Yeah. So now you only have to worry about one crack grenade and you're probably going to get your two auto saves (laughs) on it as well. So it's much, 
much less scary now. And I mean, it seemed like before they were kind of like a vet guard player, for instance, would be reserving those crack grenades for the Sicarians. Not only do mm-hmm. they have less crack grenades, but there's now more Sicarians. Yeah. And they're not having to worry about the deprecation from like aggressor, like you mentioned. So right. I mean, lots of things compounding and uh, it's we got a pretty good team now on our hands. So uh, I'm going to get a hot take from you right now, Micro. Okay. How good? Uh, how good is the new clade in terms of like? Would you say they're top three, top four, top two? Where where do we where do we feel about this? Yeah, I personally I feel like Pathfinders still takes the cake at the top of the list. I um, agree, and they're still a team that's going to give us a lot of trouble. Um, and I I think. There's a level just behind Pathfinders where there are a lot of teams right now. Okay. Um, I kind of put Novitiates, Clade, Wormblade there, um, Vetguard. Um, it, maybe Clade might be at the top of that stack, but honestly, like that, that level of team is just so close together yeah. that it's almost not worth differentiating, in my opinion. To me, it's, it's, they're really close with Novitiates. I have them, mm-hmm. I think, third or something. But um, I guess the, as far as the Novitiates matchup, that's one that I've talked to a lot of people about. And right. it feels like everybody has a different opinion on it because it, it seems clear that they definitely lost to Vetguard and Pathfinders before. Maybe mm-hmm. they don't lose to Vetguard anymore. Maybe they do. But um, uh, how do you feel about the Novitiate matchup now? Um, I, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's... I think it makes for a fun game. I might give Clade a little bit of an edge. Um, I, on one hand, like Clade really can struggle with tricky teams that can either like shoot from conceal, or um, like flip back to conceal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't really have tactics of our own to duplicate that. So things like the Novitiate Condemner bolt, bolt gun. Um, sorry, is that the right one? The crossbow that stays silent the whole game? Uh, yes, the Condemner, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like that can really give Clay trouble. Um, so I I think it's a good matchup, though, because Clay still has a lot of tools against them. Um, our melee is really strong against seven moon models, and we have enough dice that it's not something that, like, if you get your charge off against an Novitiate, they can't faith point cheat their way out of dying on that yeah. one <laughs> um so i think we have the bodies and the melee to kind of just out bully them right um but it it's faith points are so good like definitely it, they're, they're insane <laughs> yeah it's hard to underestimate um i mean i would say that even the buffed version of the imperatives as like a special faction ability is probably still not nearly as good as, as faith points as a mechanic right i think faith points is probably the best mechanic in the game because yeah. every specialist team seems to have their their special thing right um, and the imperatives apart from aggressor aggressor's nice because it's just a bonus to all your models you get your plus one movement yeah. like thumbs up um the other ones even without the deprecation they're it's they're relatively <laughs> tempered buffs it's like if you fail two rolls you get to reroll one 
Yeah. And your dice are such that that doesn't often, like, you're not always going to fail two rolls. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of helps balance your dice out more than really pushing you over the edge anywhere. It saves you from whiffing, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like It kind of helps just level, level you out a bit. Yeah. Um, whereas faith points... They they just kind of push you into that absurd level of uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, this this is gonna work. <laughs> Faith points is like wherever you rolled, you're gonna be better than that. It doesn't matter how good you rolled, unless you rolled like all sixes, then it can't be better. But um, right. Whereas clades uh, imperatives are kind of saying, if you rolled bad, we're gonna try and help you out. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're already rolling good, like, congrats, <laughs> you're set. <Yeah. laughs> um, right. But yeah, uh, okay, so yeah, Novitiate, they're very strong. I, I would definitely expect that to be kind of a, um, uh, like, more an even matchup at this point. Um, mm -hmm. I guess one of the big problems with Hunter Clade, and this is something I want to touch on, um, was, first of all, nobody was really playing them. Uh, so right. even if they were good, you're not going to see them winning tournaments because nobody's playing them. Uh, mm -hmm. The other thing was they weren't easy to play. So that combination was like, like their win rate was horrible. They weren't getting anywhere in tournaments really for the most part, except for a couple like, uh, like couple good players like yourself, and like Alex Squires would would show up and do all with them. But that was about it. So, mm -hmm. do you think these changes help with the the floor a lot? Do you think that this like obviously it helps the floor? So like yeah. more players can can pick them up, but do you think it makes them a team that has like a good floor? Or do you think they still have a high skill floor before you can like a high? Uh, yeah, um, it, it's going to raise the floor quite a bit. I think um, you can still run into trouble with them. Um, they're going to be a lot more forgiving now, though. Okay. Um, players like newer players aren't going to run into as many trouble, like um. Just getting caught with the wrong imperative and just being like, oh, I guess I just that they might not even realize what's going on, but they're kind of <laughs> they used to be able to just kind of lose themselves the game because they switched an imperative on turn two to something that's not going to help them later. Yeah. Um, or and just having like more ten wound bodies is it's just a bigger wound pool. Like Sicarians are almost as good as like Marines, right? <laughs> like. <laughs> They're close. I, it's like the rest talkers are almost like little, like locuses mm -hmm. from from Gene Steeler called. They're the worm blade. Yeah, like when you consider that marine teams used to have five models, right? Yeah. You get now you get five rest talkers, which aren't quite marines, but that's okay because you have an entire other fire team with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> right. On top of that. So I mean, it's, it is weird how Hunter Clade is kind of structured, almost like a compendium team. Where like mm -hmm. you've got a fire team of Sicarians and then you've got a fire team of Skatari, um, but yeah. they just have way more rules. So, yeah, I've um, always really appreciated them. Um, they're like even back to Kill Team eighteen. I've always been a big fan of like mixed teams where there's quite a bit of like shooting and melee at the same time. Yeah, um, and I don't think that there's been a team that really. Uh, like embodies that as much as Hunter Clade in the new edition. Uh, for um, sure, yeah. They just have, you know, they have their shooting models on half the team. They have half the team being melee. Uh, I mean, I guess they can swing harder into shooting if you go infiltrators and just height. But um, 
or or Amelia can just want it, right? It's technically possible to just not take Sicarians if you're feeling like a madman. <laughs> yeah. I suppose you can go all Skatari. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't advise mm-hmm. that though. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I I see what you're saying about it, them being a very like flexy team, kind of. Um, like Vekard, you look at them; they're almost exclusively a shooting team. Pathfinders too. Wormblade, other than like a cult agent, is going to be mostly shooty. I guess Warp Coven, mm-hmm. a little bit could is kind of a flex team with some. Yeah, uh, their Warp Coven's another good example of that. Um, I'd kind of. I kind of classify them as the opposite of uh, the kind of like the mirror image of Wormblade. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's like mostly melee and then a few really good strong shooting models, like probably two. Yeah, yeah I see what you're saying. <laughs> and then, um, whereas, yeah, Wormblade is all shooting and then one or two strong melee models. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see that for sure. So, I mean, I guess uh, before, I mean, needless to say, we. I'm assuming you weren't on the train of like um, a lot of people said Hunter Clade was the worst bespoke team before the buffs. We did you mm. have that opinion? Um, no, I I've personally always had them higher than Commandos, and okay. and uh, Warp Coven. Okay, I I felt like it was once Corsairs came in, I liked Clade yeah. more than that team. And that right. Team, yeah. Yeah, I think Corsairs kind of has to take the cake as bottom team at <laughs> Blood of, of that in the moment. Corsairs, or I guess there's Traitor Guard too, can yeah. make an argument. Blood for... are pretty rough right now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, I, I guess looking at it now, I mean, the it is interesting because it seems like as the new box has come out, because we had Octarius, which were two. One, I mean, in hindsight, it was one really strong team and another solid team. And mm-hmm. then uh, we had Chalnath, which was just two insane teams. So it right. seemed like for a minute we had a lot of power creep going on. But since then, it's kind of like the the teams have been getting like weaker. Uh, yeah. With the ex- exception of Void Dancers. Um, so I guess a team like this, like Hunter Quake, kind of suddenly like bursting at the top of the scene all of a sudden at like and the top of tier lists and, and, and such. I feel like we're not going to see that very often. And I think a right. lot of people right now aren't like realizing how kind of special this is at the moment. Like, I don't know if special is the yeah. right word, but it's going to be, it's going to be weird. Cause I don't think we're going to see this very often. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting thing from GW, right? Like um, the first balance data slate that we saw, it, they, we saw a few buffs to stuff that was kind of abusive at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, a few nerfs. And then we saw some buffs to stuff that, like, was just kind of like compendium garbage tier, yeah. where they were like, hey, you know, here, here's a f- here's an extra body, right? Yeah. Um, not only is this the most, like, extensive buff, like, they didn't change one thing. They, they changed multiple yeah. things. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> it... I, and I also think this was kind of like people just were complaining about this team, right? And it's that complaining <laughs> uh, pushed pushed it here because I think, like you said, we both agree that they weren't actually the bottom, like bespoke team, right? I I would agree with that. Um, 
because a lot of people yeah, said it, that and it just always hmm. seemed wrong to me i don't know <laughs> yeah so i it's interesting like i i think the buffs that they did they, they put this team in a really good spot to compete with like the best of the best teams out there um yeah. i i worry if they went maybe a little overboard and if they shouldn't have just dialed down those top teams a bit more right. and just been a little more tame with these buffs just so that rather than competing with the top of the top, we would just kind of like, you know, keep cutting the grass down so that you can have fun games with everybody. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it, assuming that this was the route they're going to take going forward, <laughs> I guess with the exception of, of blooded, cause they're so new. Right. Um, would you say that Corsairs are the next team that they should look at or maybe commandos or, um, yeah, I'd say Corsairs are most in need of it. Um, commandos aren't in a bad spot. I think, like in the end, Commandos, even though I rate them fairly low as a bespoke team, um, I think there's still a lot that people can do with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think ploys like... Um, oh, it's been a while since I've played Commandos, but the... Uh, <laughs> The the start somebody wherever you want, um, ploy, um, by like heavy terrain. You know what, yes. what, what am I thinking of? Sneaky here? get, sneaky get. Yeah, um, I think that that ploy is um, one of the strongest tools in the game on a team like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just because the commandos like are so varied in what each model brings, and just having the flexibility to like look at a certain matchup and a certain board and just put certain models wherever you want is um, something that a really strong player can use and go really far with. Mm-hmm. But that's also something that takes a lot of experience. So I think Commandos are actually in an okay spot right now. Um, whereas Corsairs, I mean, at the very least, they need another body and they probably need a bit more. I would agree with that. I mean, it seems like they're kind of... I was surprised with the way they did the clade ones because it's like they kind of went beyond just like one extra body, like super clean, simple thing. It was like they're changing the timings on things and and Mm -hmm. giving more moments for you to do things. So that was pretty shocking. Uh, Before I would have just said, yeah, give Corsairs an extra body. But now I wonder like what, what like direction could they even go in with that, with that kind of team. Um, But honestly, as like we said before, Corsairs might not even be the worst team because Blooded now exists. And with mm-hmm. the grenade nerf, it's just not looking good for them. Yeah, Blooded's um, a tricky one. It's I, I don't know where you even start with that. Yeah. Um, I think it's a relatively weak archetype, um, just like a melee horde. Yeah. And then it's... Like, their token thing is just not as good as a lot of these other teams' right. special special rules. Um, so it feels like you you need a lot of changes on that to to bring them up to a competitive level. Yeah. I mean, I'm biased maybe, but I think demons are a better melee horde than blood. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, they're more likely to kill stuff when they get in there. <laughs> and they can actually take more hits, like, especially if you're rocking those Nurgle, Nurgle yeah. boys. <laughs> plague boys, yeah. yeah. I just watched a game, a tournament game last night of somebody running 12 plague pairs. Yeah, and it's just kind of funny how much of a problem that can be, just mm-hmm. like throwing them forward and not even really 
Just throwing yeah. caution to the wind. Um, speaking of Plague Boys, they're <laughs> they're actually relatively similar to the uh, Skatari Rangers, or sorry, mm. the Vanguard. Oh, with yeah. With their uh, Rad Tatara. Yeah. Um, and I, I think um, just some advice for newer players, or even more more experienced players that are like new to this faction. Um, Vanguard make just a terrifying front line. Um, if the team feels like it's like set up to be like Sicarians in the front and then like your Skatari in the back, but flipping that around a little bit and leading with your like shock trooper and like your alpha can be super strong because um, if you just have like a concealed model in the center of the board um, behind cover, all of a sudden it becomes a huge problem for your opponent to actually kill when their ways of killing that are either charge it or come within two inches to shoot it, <coughs> excuse me, and be affected by that rad sad aura. Um, mm-hmm. There's like a lot of models that are normally very deadly that just will whiff against the Vanguard and that will expose them to your like Sicarians um, ready to counter charge or maybe they had to flip to engage but you can shoot them now. Okay. That's super interesting to know because I'm, I'm kind of, I've had a bunch of uh, Skatari sitting around, like mostly painted for like a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I know Ryan's got some, like he's got five Sicarians just sitting around. Right. So it's like, we could kind of just like play that team, but we just haven't. Um, and uh, there was one last thing I wanted to ask you about because I know people are going to ask this question uh, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of curious myself. Uh, for those Sicarians, those five Sicarians you're always going to be taking, how do you decide right. when to take rust stalkers and when to take infiltrators and what the like kind of split should be? Right. Um, okay. It's not like an easy answer. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of doing like a, a very one-sided split, like almost either like all or almost all mm-hmm. infiltrators or rust stalkers okay. rather than like a 50-50 thing. Um, I feel like that helps you get more play out of your tactics, whether it's like the neurostatic interference to turn off rerolls, like doing that off of five models will shut down the whole board. If you only bring like two infiltrators and one of them dies turn one, all of a sudden you just have like a six inch area and that bubble's just not going to be where you need it to be. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and then same with the fight twice, like it, Kind of lop, doing a lopsided muster um, makes your tactics more efficient. Um, so I guess maybe first thing to look at would be, do you need ra- um, neurostatic interference in the matchup? Um, are there really important rerolls that you need to turn off? Um, like if you're playing against Grey Knights or Warp Coven, for example, like those are teams that live off of their Relentless. Um so that would be an indicator that you should go infiltrators. Um, the other thing to look at is, is it a team that I can melee against? Or is it a team where I really just want to stand back and shoot? Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, against mm-hmm. Commandos, they only have a few shooting models. If they get into a shooting fight with um, a clade team, they're just going to lose. Right. 
So you can take infiltrators in that matchup and just stand back and just wear them down with attrition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so those are kind of like the two things you're looking for to take infiltrators. Either you don't want a melee or there's rerolls that you need to turn off. Um, and so once you've decided whether you're going either mostly infiltrators or mostly rust stalkers, then I like to look at it and decide whether I want to take one of the other things because there's some things that you can only do with those models. Like um, often if I'm going mostly rust stalkers, there's still something that I can accomplish with a four deployed model. Um, and only infiltrators can do that. Mm-hmm. So often, even if the matchup is calling for rust stalkers on a mission like loot and salvage, it can be good to take an infiltrator anyways, just to like throw it out on the board and like grab a point you wouldn't be able to otherwise. Um, or you can look at um, like if on a mission like uh, what domination, having one rust stalker with optimized gate. Um, he can kind of run down the edge of the board on turn like three or four, just hopping over things um, with a servo skull and like flip one of those objectives that the your opponent's like deep deep in his deployment zone and just flip that on turn three or four and make a big point swing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that you can only kind of <clears throat> do with optimized gate. Yeah. So... Once, even if the matchup isn't calling for it, if the mission is calling for a model like that, that's when you start to include like, do it like a four-one split instead of like a straight five-zero. Gotcha. All right, and last question: uh, Do you ever take a Sicarian leader? I personally don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of people do that. People seem to like the 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 Alpha, which makes yeah. sense to me. The, yeah, the Alpha's a monster. Um, mm-hmm. Sicarian leader. It's not that he's not good. He's just a relatively small upgrade yep. to the other Sicarians. Um, the you can make an argument for the infiltrator one on a uh, like a really mission intent mission action intensive mission um, because he kind of he comes with his own free servile skull. But it, it seems a, like you you can already take a servile skull if you just pay the EP for it. Right. Uh, you don't really need to, and sometimes playing too hard for points um, at the expense of like killing enemy models is just a good way to get a point lead and then lose in the late game. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I think with the equipment options that Clay have, it's not like it's not a tough choice to take a servo skull when you have the option to. Yeah, if the, if there are mission actions to do, you yeah. you pretty much just auto include it. Yeah. All right. So I mean, I think we we kind of covered all the things that I wanted to talk about post uh, post data slate buffs. So uh, thank you, Micro, for coming on and talking to me about uh, Hunter Clade. I'm looking forward to see you and, uh, and and lots of other people play them now. Before there was like nobody playing them, and now we're gonna yeah. have a bunch running around. So uh, it's gonna be really cool to see. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right, so everybody, thank you for watching. Shout out to all our subscribers. If you're watching and you haven't subscribed, uh, consider doing that. We're so close to six thousand. It would be it would be wonderful if we got there soon. And uh, yeah, shout out to the patrons. 
as always. And outside of that, this is Shane talking about Hunter Clade. Uh, have a good one.